Going through a divorce is tough. The struggle to rebuild your life can be challenging to say the least. If you're divorced, it's easy to feel alienated and depressed about the future, especially as the holidays approach. But what if that could change for you? What if your future is actually quite hopeful? Hi, I'm Lisa Duffy with lisaduffy.com, and welcome to my Journey of Hope podcast series. I enjoy introducing you to Catholic men and women who have faced the challenges of divorce with great courage and come out the other side with a message of hope. But also, I love to introduce you to priests, canon lawyers, and other experts who can offer accurate information and encouragement. As a matter of fact, all of my guests in this series will be speakers at the Journey of Hope Conference for Divorce Recovery, coming in August of 2017. In this podcast, I'm speaking with one of the pioneers of Catholic outreach for divorce recovery, Rose Sweet. She has some great wisdom to share, as well as a hopeful message that has real substance. I hope you enjoy it. So if you're not familiar with Rose, let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a Catholic author, speaker, and retreat leader. She's authored 10 books on relationship issues and has served the separated, divorced, and remarried community for 25 years. She understands their particular hopes, struggles, and fears, and she assists both petitioners and respondents in the annulment process. She's also written a helpful resource titled How to Understand and Petition for Your Decree of Nullity. Rose's work is deeply rooted in St. John Paul's Theology of the Body, and she's been a speaker at the annual Theology of the Body Congress. She's also spoken at the 2015 World Meeting of Families, and today I'm very happy to welcome her to this conversation. Rose, I'm so thrilled that you were able to take time out um, to do this with me. You're on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, so it's a little bit, um, we have to do a little fancy dancing to get our, you know, to get something like this going, but I'm thrilled that you were able to take the time. Thank you. I'm thrilled that you asked me, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned the two coasts. I think between the two of us, we have the whole country covered, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. Well, um, I'm also thrilled that you will be speaking at the Journey of Hope conference that will be coming up in August of 2017, August 4th through the 6th, to be exact. I'm very excited to have you there. I know that um, there are going to be so many people who are going to love the message that you bring and also the fact that um, you have a a very tender heart toward people who have Mm -hmm. suffered through a divorce. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was, how did you come to do this work that you're doing for the divorce community in the church? Well, I was a commercial real estate appraiser here in Southern California for 30 years, and, but in my personal life, uh, messing up my relationships and going through divorce, I needed help. And when I went to the Catholic market, and this is a long time ago, 25 years or so ago, I couldn't find really anything. So I went to the Protestant market and I found the divorce care program on VHS tape back in the day. And that was the opening of the door. That's how God reached out and grabbed my heart to help me through divorce and the, and the deep healing that I really needed. Um, and all the while I prayed, oh Lord, we need like something like this in the Catholic market. Please make this happen, Lord. Amen. 
<laughs> and after a few years, it wasn't happening, so I just thought, okay, maybe I need to do it myself. So mm -hmm. I, be, I began to write and speak and do a DVD program, um, as you did too. I think our stories are a little similar um, to help people in the Catholic Church get through this. And it's been a hard road, but a wonderful, deeply satisfying road as well to, to extend my heart and my hands to people who need it. That's fantastic. And I really admire the ones who see a problem and um, get up and do something about it. They, they try and bring about some solution to the problem. And as we know, it is a huge problem. Trying to bring accurate information and support to the divorce community in the church. Um, I think it's something that is so sorely needed. Even though you and I have been at it for a long time, it's really tough to saturate that market, wouldn't you say? It really is, and the, and I think you'll agree, the longer we're in this, the more we realize there's so much work to be done, and it's not all our responsibility. I, I'm, I'm very aware of that, but um, it, it's, it, I know it's on both of our hearts to, um, to, help, to help people in any way we can. Yes, absolutely. And <clears throat> I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the really hard lessons that you had to learn because of your divorce. I know I have probably a handful of lessons that I learned that were the toughest, that took the longest to resolve for myself, um, but now I see as all important. What are those to you, and how have they changed you? Well, the, the first two that pop into my mind is it was so frustrating for me, and still is, I must admit, because as you say, I'm a take-charge kind of fix-the-problem gal. And I always thought I could change people and fix them and help them, and they would listen to me. And I, and I think back to I was conditioned because I was the oldest of nine kids. And um, I, you know, when they were all little, they did what I said. But then when they got older, they didn't. And in, in relationships, especially marriage, I was trying to be the director and to fix and change and help somebody else, and they didn't want it. And I didn't have the maturity to understand that that person had free will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I had to take a good hard look and realize I wasn't very humble. I was taking on responsibility that wasn't mine. Um, and and it, was, it was hard for my ego. But at the same time, I wanted the truth. I, I did want to learn and grow through everything. And, and I think, Lisa, the most important and the hardest lesson was that God was not at the center of my life. Mm -hmm. My marriage, my family, my kids, my stepkids, my work, those were the things that I was getting purpose and identity and pleasure from. And they were good things. And I was asking God to bless them, but he was just this guy in the background with the magic wand whenever I needed it. Right. And I... I made an, you know, you've heard the phrase, a false idol out of many goods. Um, and that was, that was really hard for me to, to, to face. And again, this is all because it's related to my ego and my pride. And, but anyway, God is loving and faithful, and, and he continues with the hard lessons, right? <laughs> yes, he absolutely does. And I think that um, 
the, the lessons that you and I have learned because of going through a divorce and trying to rebuild our lives after are the building blocks that help us deal with our you know, issues that we have today better. I don't think I'll ever be perfect you know, yeah. at um, taking care of, you know, tackling a problem that, that comes my way or, or having to learn a hard lesson. I'm always going to complain because I complain <laughs> and, and I'm always going to wish that because I'm a follower of Christ there will be preferential treatment but there isn't as a matter of fact we're guaranteed that if we follow Christ it will be hard right. so but I do I, I do I am very grateful that I can look to the past and say okay I, I know what needs to be done here I need to I need to do that. I need to remember this lesson that I learned. I think that's the word. I don't think I'm lost like I used to be, but I forget. And it's the remembering that gets me back on track. So I'm, I am thankful. I can see things quickly, more quickly, and I know what to do, and I know that I have the grace to do it. So that gives me a great sense of peace and calm in my interior life. That's wonderful. And, you know, just to step back for a second, when you were talking about, um, I think it's great that you come from a family of nine. I come from a family of eight. I wasn't the oldest, but I was the oldest girl, so I was the second oldest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've changed the diapers, and I've, you know, made the meals and babysat and did the shopping and stuff. So I know you understand that. So it makes sense that we're very take charge. But I think it's really important what you said is learning that, People have a free will and you can't control them. And when it comes to, you know, letting go of your spouse and knowing that you cannot control what they think, what they say, what they do, even when it's terribly hurtful, that is a huge lesson to learn. It's a, it's a huge hurdle to leap, to, to actually let go and find a way to make peace with it. It is, and it takes a lot of time, and it takes grace and patience and persistence. It's not an overnight thing for sure. So we know going through a divorce is incredibly difficult. But after it's over and you've moved on, most people just want to forget about it and leave it in the past. Rose has done the opposite. She's taken that pain and brokenness and uses it to help other people, which is a bit of a paradigm shift in today's world. I wanted to find out more about how she maintains that joy in her life while keeping such a painful experience fresh in her mind. Rose, I would love to ask you, what do you enjoy most about all of that? What what is it that makes you get up in the morning and say, I love this, I love doing it? You know, it's funny, the minute you asked that question, I almost got tears in my eyes because I, re I can remember the last retreat I did. There was a man who walked in on Friday night with his arms folded across his chest and kind of a, a smile but kind of a little distrustful sneer at the same time. Mm -hmm. He hadn't really been living his Catholic life very faithfully, but he recognized he might need some help, and uh, he was there. And he kind of proudly announced that he hadn't been to confession for 30 years, and he didn't really see the need for it. Well, 
he didn't know what to expect with Rose Sweet there for the whole weekend. <laughs> and on the last day, he went to confession for the first time in 30 years. And when he came out, everybody in that retreat noticed a physical change on his face. How we were beautiful. shocked. He, he, was, he had a lighter step. He had a joyful laugh. And that doesn't mean all his problems were solved, but this is what keeps me going, to see people run to Jesus, to drop their bitterness or their fears like bags on the ground and, and race to him and allow themselves to be embraced by him through the church and through the sacraments. It just, it gives me such delight, such delight, and that's why I do what I do. That is such a beautiful story, very moving, and I, I can only imagine uh, the effect it had on everybody else, um, uh -huh. but also him. I'm, I remember when my son made his first confession, and I, I mean, all three of my kids have, made, have had their sacraments, but for some reason, I remember this specifically because we went out to eat afterward, and he was so happy he was almost giddy and <laughs> and I, I bring that up because I can see even though I wasn't there I can imagine the effect that it would have had on that gentleman and um, this you know to join you in saying this is what I love about what I what you know doing the conferences mm -hmm. and things it's so wonderful to see that change and know that it was because of God know that right. God made a difference in that person's life. It, it's, it rubs off on the viewers, wouldn't you say? It, yes, it's infectious. It is infectious. And everybody benefited from what everybody else was going through. It was just something that spread throughout the whole place. And that, that happens every time. And it's, as you say, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not us. We're just the little farmers sowing the seeds but he brings a big crop out of it every time. And I just, I love it. You know, and there, there was another gal in the parking lot who saying goodbye to everybody. And she leaned into me and whispered in my ear, thank you. I'm going to completely change my life from this day forward. That's all How she beautiful. said. Beautiful. I don't know what, I know who knows what that means, but I don't care. It's awesome. Yes. Yes, it's, it's transformational, and um, that's what I love about things like doing the Journey of Hope conference because, you know, so many people are out there, first of all, feeling alienated from the church. They feel like they're the only ones going through it. It's, they're not, but it's very easy to feel that way. Right. And you feel so alone in your suffering, but then you get there, and there are all these people there who, like you, have been suffering but understand exactly what you've been through. Exactly. And it's then like, oh, my, my people, my people are here. You yes, know? my people, absolutely. Right. And then there is, there are the speakers and the confirmation that, yes, they are still an important part of the church. And then there's the sacraments and adoration. So I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled to hear you say that that's the same thing for you. Now, um, you... Uh, Rose, you have a number of books. You have eight, is it? I think I have ten. <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. And you have, um, you talk a lot about 
the annulment process, um, both in, in your books, in your program, um, and I'm sure when you talk. So this is going to be a big issue. I have no doubt it always yeah. is. And I wanted to ask you, for anyone who is unsure or leery about the annulment process, just in this podcast, could you take a moment and just state what you think are the two most important things you would like them to know? Okay. I, part of me wants to go, don't worry, it's, everything's going to be fine. But here's, here's the truth. Here's the two things. Number one, it is hard. And it can be very complex if you don't have an easy um, situation and you have to go into deep psychological grounds. It can be a, 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 a tough road. That's because this involves two people and their lives and their hearts and a marriage. I mean, this is serious business. It's not like going down to the DMV and getting a driver's license. Right. It's hard, it's complex, and it involves the depth of the human persons. Number two, you do need help. It's like going into a courtroom for the complex cases. You, you need a lawyer. You need good witnesses. You need good counsel. You need help. You, you don't know the law, canon law, and you need somebody to guide you through the process. So those are, two, those are the negative things, but I think they need to be said so that people don't blindly run to their parish, get, a piece of, get the packet, fill it out, send it in, and a year later they get denied. And they're, they're angry, and then they leave the church. So I'm going to add number three to it. Mm-hmm. Number three is it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it because the Holy Spirit is there waiting to go deep with you and to bring out pain and bring to the light wounds to, to heal them. The annulment process is very, very healing and freeing. And that giddiness that we've been talking about, you can mm-hmm. experience that afterwards. So Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it is an important thing, and we don't people don't know enough about it. And you and I need to keep getting the good news out there because it's it's worth it. Well, I think I would agree with you. Those are two very important things, and it it is, you know, people um, tend to complain that the questions are extremely personal in nature, bordering on what they feel is um, unwarranted intrusiveness. But I like to say, you know, marriage is extremely personal. And so there's no reason why the annulment process wouldn't also be extremely personal. And as you pointed out, this is a big deal. It's serious business. Someone is going to make a determination that's going to affect the rest of your life. So you you wouldn't want anyone to take it lightly or to just look at a few facts, face value, and then make a decision. It's too important. Well, Lisa, when we think that we might, if we have a lump, we do a self-examination and we feel something that shouldn't be there and we know we might have cancer, mm-hmm. we go to the doctor who might be a total stranger and we strip naked, uh, we get on the scale and have somebody see that number that we don't like, we go through an x-ray machine, we, we submit ourselves to very intrusive personal procedures. But we do it understanding that the people are there to help us find health and freedom from disease or even death. And I think that's a good analogy for this process as well. 
Usually the people who are involved are, are like medical personnel who just want to help you find out what was wrong and help you move on in an appropriate manner in your life. That's a fantastic analogy. I, I love that and it does make a lot of sense. So I was wondering if you could give us a little primer for the talk you'll be giving at the Journey of Hope conference. Well, you invited me, Lisa, to focus on one of my books called Heal A Woman's Guide to Healing the Heartbreak of Divorce. Um, and I'm going to read a little something that's on the back of the book that just triggered my memory about this. After divorce, residual feelings about the man you loved and the life you lost can lurk undetected for years. Time doesn't always heal everything. And the distractions of motherhood, work, or a new relationship don't always hide the fact that you may still be one of today's walking wounded. For the sake of the kids and your sanity, you may have moved on, but continue to struggle with lingering depression, occasional tearful outbursts, or even smoldering anger. And that's what we want to do at this conference is to help each person, not just women, because these are universal things that apply to men too, but I know you and I want to work hard to help people uncover anything that stands in the way of their moving forward in a free, full, and joyful life. Absolutely. That was, that's wonderful. And I think, um, you know, we had talked about why, why someone would make the effort to come to this event. It's going to be in Charleston, South Carolina. Not everybody lives here. Um, so it will require travel for many people. But I think that, you know, what you just put out there is an outstanding reason to make the trip because, uh, because of that. I, I agree, you know, and we're giving it enough time that they can plan ahead and make, make a lovely escape, a retreat out of, out of the trip. Um, you know, take some time for yourself so that you can go back to your family and friends and really be refreshed and renewed and have something of value to offer. Yes, and, um, you know, while we're talking about Charleston, it is the number one destination. It's actually the number one destination voted by Condé Nast as well as the number one small town in America. So, um, it's, I don't know if you've ever been here, Rose, but it's, I, we love it. And I grew up in Southern California, and for many, many years, I missed the culture, and I missed being outside all the time. This is a very nice trade-off. Oh, good. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to come in a day early and check it out. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but I just want to thank you again for um, being a part of this podcast. I'm very excited that you'll be here. And I know that um, the people who know you, as well as people who are just getting to know you, I think that they'll definitely want to be here to hear your message and to have a personal encounter with you and to, you know, experience that transformation that we know, that we talked about, that the Holy Spirit can make happen. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Lisa. I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait. I love events like this. It's, it can't happen too soon enough for me. 
<laughs> One last thing. Um, for anyone who has not heard your name yet, where can they find out about you and all that you're doing? Well, uh, two websites. You can go to my personal website, which is rosesweet.com. Okay. And then also catholicsdivorce.com is the website that has a lot of free downloads, of free information for anybody who's going through separation, divorce, or even people who are remarried and wondering about, you know, can we receive Holy Communion and why not or why can we or all the questions that they might have related to divorce. There's, there's lots of good stuff there. So Catholics with an S, CatholicsDivorce.com and RoseSweet.com. Wonderful, Rose. Thank you so much and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Well, that's it for this edition of the Journey of Hope podcast. I'm Lisa Duffy with lisaduffy.com, and I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to personally invite you to come to the Journey of Hope Conference coming up this August here in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. It's going to be an amazing event, and after all you've been through, this conference will be the perfect place to find hope, refreshment, and a new chapter in life. Visit journeyofhopeconference.com to find out more and to register. <music>